What is cooking, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve of Barbecue 2 Movies. Today is January 22nd, 2021. It is currently 7 a.m. in the morning here, and for once, I am up early in the morning. Usually, I work late and I get up late. I get up at the crack of noon. I always joke about that, but it's kind of true sometimes because when you're working real late, that's what happens, right? So uh, I kind of give myself jet lag without leaving Hawaii, which is kind of strange, but it's always been like that ever ever since I was younger, ever since I was going to high school. And, um, you know, even now, so uh, it's still the same way. I do all my writing at night, all my photo retouching, I answer emails, and it works out good because most of my clients are there on the East Coast. So when I hit the head around, you know, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., uh, their day's also coming to an end, too. So, um Anyway, how are you liking Joe Biden? Day number two of the President Joe Biden. Uh, to me, I'm not really enjoying it. Um, it looks as though uh, Joe Biden is pulling his support from Israel. Uh, you can kind of tell them, look into the evidence, that they changed their Twitter handle to recognize the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and not just Israel. So that tells you a lot that they're actually recognizing the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, as independent of Israel. And... Um, that's not good news right there, but you know it's I think that's very interesting because they call Trump a Nazi, and Nazis are anti israel anti jew and here they are being anti jew and who does Israel want to support Israelis like Donald Trump because they are he is completely pro jewish people and um another thing that's pretty uh troubling is that well, of course, we all remember the twenty-five thousand troops over the twenty-five thousand National Guard troops over there in Washington D.C., who set themselves up as though um, us, us racist Trump supporters were about to storm the Capitol and World War III, or I guess Civil War 2.0, was about to happen. Of course, all of this was a ruse. All of this was an excuse. All of this was a false context to create. The, um, to to disguise the fact that actually nobody was going to show up for, um, I guess, President Joe Biden's uh, inauguration. There was an area in front of the National Mall that was actually reserved and open to the public. Um, but again, no one showed up. Where was the 80 million people that wanted to show up? Where was the 80, 80 million people who voted for him? You know, what, what was really interesting is that if you look on YouTube, um, and I saw multiple areas where Donald Trump's, uh, Donald Trump's uh, farewell speech got way more views than Joe Biden's inauguration speech. Isn't that interesting? I didn't even watch it. I mean, I watched the clips of it, and I watched the clips of the, um, I guess, the pundits uh, doing their, you know, bloviating, uh, commentating about uh, the, the inauguration. And there was this one point where, I think one of the, the news reporters say the the lights were just stretching out across the National Mall. And he said that the lights represent Joe Biden's arms and how he's hugging America. Really? That is that is that is flat out crazy. And a lot of them are a lot uh, I don't get these Biden supporters. They're all saying that I'm I'm looking on Facebook and the I guess Instagram and everywhere and they're saying that 
oh, there, there are, we are so glad as Biden um, voters that we removed one of the greatest evils from the world and we accept your thanks. We accept that and you are so welcome because we have just defeated one of the greatest evils to ever, you know, be part of this entire world that would just, that would now America is respected. America was never respected under the other nations. Never, ever, ever respected. And let's, all you have to do is look at NATO or any of the other, like uh, United Nations or uh, I guess any of those other areas where you, America always fronted the bill, the majority of the bill um, for NATO. And the other countries said, well, we, didn't, we don't have to put you know, our share fair, even though it's in the contract of putting 1% or 2% of our GDP into NATO, America put in the most. And they took advantage of that. That's not, that's not showing respect. Again, like I used the, used the analogy that if we all go to dinner and you know, they, all of your friends make you pay 100% of the bill, 100% or most of the bill every single time you, they, you dine out, they're not showing respect to you. Everyone should pay their fair share. I think that's really funny is that I guess here in America, they always use the, the, the term, we want everyone to pay their fair share, the wealthy to pay their fair share. And then you, here you have in the United States, when a Democrat takes, takes a, a hold of um, the United States, paying their fair share, other nations don't have to pay their fair share. America pays all of it. That's not fair. So you tell me if they if they make you if they make America front the bill all the time, is that respect? No, not whatsoever, right? Now when, when Trump was in office, they all paid their fair share. And they actually feared America. That's showing respect. You show respect through fear. Because if United, if they don't if the United States doesn't move, then they don't move. They respected that much. And we had trade deals that were made in the America first policy. That's not happening anymore. But here's what really bothers me. The 25,000 troops out there that were, I guess, sleeping on the floor in the Capitol being treated like crap. Well, now they're all in the um, a basement, not a basement, but a parking garage, sleeping on the parking garage floor in D.C. Um, because because the, uh, the, the, the Democrats want them away now. They're no longer good. The, the spectacle has, has uh, escaped its past, and they're, they no longer need them. So they're just throwing them away right to the side. That's horrible. Why did they get deployed there? It doesn't make any sense. Why did they get them armed with weapons and ready to shoot other Americans too? Why would they do that? It just doesn't make any sense. That is complete disrespect. That is complete disrespect. So, uh, I also saw, I also saw this other video of Joe Biden. He's walking into, um, I think, the White House or somewhere like that, and um, for some reason, people are accusing him of wearing an earpiece. Maybe he is, or maybe he's talking to himself. But he walks in, and there's these two Marine guards right to the side, and the president is supposed to salute these Marines. Right? It's it's pretty much given. I mean, every president does that. And then he says, salute Marine troops. And then he, instead of doing the action, he just says it and walks right past there. Now, people are, are actually thinking that maybe he has an earpiece in there saying, and someone's saying to him, you know, salute the, uh, salute the Marine troops. 
I didn't see any wire going underneath his ear. I think he's just saying that in his head, but his body is not doing it. That is that is really, really strange. Or maybe maybe the earpiece is on the other side. But I, I feel that's really strange. I don't know what, I can't explain that one. I really can't. Mm, I don't know. When you want to hear something real stupid, is that um, uh, there was a report that the vaccines, I guess, under the, the Trump administration, uh, I guess someone had leaked it from the the Bidens. The Bidens had, I guess, a special advisor to Biden or advisor to Biden had leaked it to CNN that when they came into the uh, office, what they found was that it was very interesting that that um, the Trump team had not employed uh, a distribution plan at all. And whatever Biden, Biden would have to be working from scratch to create a distribution plan for the vaccines because Trump had not had zero plan to distribute the vaccines. How can that be true if 16.5 million people have been vaccinated? Everyone, you know, everyone knows someone who has been vaccinated. In fact, that's kind of good news, even though the vaccines um, are not being distributed as quick as we think, as we wanted them to be. Out of the 20 million vaccine doses that are available, 16.5 million have actually been vaccinated. That's pretty good, right? And that number of how many vaccinations are available, they're growing by they're growing every single day. But most of it, the vaccines are being distributed, but the um, the states and the counties are not distributing it fast enough. Uh, it's on the state and county side that they're running into some problems here, not on the federal side. But again, everything is Trump's fault. Here in Hawaii. They actually said, get this, here in Hawaii, they actually said that it's the federal fault, it is the federal government's fault, the Trump administration's fault for not getting enough vaccines um, here to Hawaii to distribute. And when asked, well, how much of the vaccines have you distributed here in Hawaii? They said 45%. (laughs) How can you blame Trump if you only distributed 45% of the vaccine? It should be close to 100, right? No, 45%. You've only distributed 45% of the vaccines that were shipped to Hawaii, yet our Department of Health is saying, oh, it's Trump's fault. <laughs> That's stupid. And by the way, my friend Pitmaster Keith, by the way, my friend Pitmaster Keith, I found out today or yesterday that he actually got a vaccination. He's only 43 years old. And, um, and, and he's, not in, he's in the higher risk category because he has asthma and he has a little weight to himself. Uh, from all eating our, all of our good barbecue, but um, he and he's also a frontline worker. But someone came into his workplace, um, some of the nurses who work there, and because these uh, these um, I guess vaccines they have to be defrosted, and if they're not used, um, basically by the end of the day or whatever like that, um, they have to throw it away. So they had finished vaccinating um, an a old care home, I guess next to his supermarket where he works at. And uh, so they all, they all came in there and said, does anybody want, anybody want to get vaccinated? We have two more shots. And, um, you know, you know Pitmaster Keith, uh, he raised his hand. He said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take one because no one else wanted to take it. And uh, he got one. Um, so he got the shot in the arm. He got the Moderna shot. Apparently, the Pfizer shot can't be distributed. You know, um, I guess the Moderna shot is easier to distribute. I think the Pfizer one has to be distributed more by the hospitals. So he got the shot, and he said um, the only um, side effect he had was that his arm felt as though someone punched him in the arm, and that and those uh, that lasted about two to three day, 
two to three days. Um, my florist, one of the, the older ladies who works there, um, she's, she'll be vaccinated, I think, uh, next week. And I know some other people who have been getting the vaccinations who work on the front line. The really good news is that here in Hawaii, and I think everywhere else, I'm seeing it online. I'm seeing there's more reports of your friends and family getting vaccinated than friends and family getting infected with COVID. That means the vaccination is spreading faster than COVID. And that's really good news. So we should see, I really believe that if the vaccination does work, um, you may disagree with me on that because I know a lot of anti-vaxxers listen to me. But if the vaccinations do work, we should see the economy opening up fully by, I think, summer. And I think it'll be some, become something of the past by the summer, which is great because, you know, I don't care who's president. I really, do, I just want the economy to be open so I can have the opportunity to make a living. And uh, as far as if you're wondering how my business is doing, uh, we're getting inquiries and people are, people are kind of, um, they're, they're kind of getting a lot more relaxed. Uh, Pitmaster Keith and I, we were walking around Waikiki yesterday and um, we actually saw lines um, outside some of these good, uh, uh, good noodle shops here, which usually during COVID, there was nobody there, nobody there. And uh, we saw some people gathering out of, out, outside of some bars and everything. Um, those, Never have it never happened. Um, by the way, it's very interesting because bars are supposed to be closed, um, and uh, but apparently they're finding some workarounds because if you serve a cheeseburger, um, you're lo- you're a restaurant and you're not a bar. So so anyway, um, that's the workaround for that. But um, I wanted to get into some other topic today, which I wanted to spend some time on. Um, apparently, Black Lives Matter. Uh, they are actually out there and um, now anti-Biden. Uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they are completely against Biden right now because Biden, uh, they are not following, they don't have no plans to follow through with what they promised to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They completely use Black Lives Matter and Antifa and they're pissed. Again, Biden said Antifa doesn't you know, exist and right now they're so pissed in, over there in Oregon and this is not making the news, it's only being shown on Twitter, that Antifa is having an insurgency and they're just like, you know, taking hammers to the um, DNC uh, headquarters over there, over there in Oregon. Again, you're not, you're not hearing about it in the news because that would just be horrible for, you know, Joe Biden to have, a, I guess, an, a real insurgence to deal with. So a real insurgency is happening over there in Oregon and what what are the responses by the by the DNC? Absolutely nothing. At, where's the National Guard being employed there, right? Oh, by the way, the walls around DC that they erected to actually protect you from the white supremacist. Well, Biden wants to take down the walls on the on the southern border because the walls on the walls don't work, even though they used it around <laughs> used it around the Capitol. I just oh, doesn't it just make the blood just want to shoot out of, out of your eyes? I just, it's like, oh my God, my brain is being barbecued by Biden right now. <laughs> Four more years of this. I hope he does a good job because if he does a good job, then, I, then my business is doing great. Um, I'm hoping my business will still do great, just not as great, but um, because I think people will always have money to get married if the economy opens. So anyway, 
I'm going to cut to commercial right here because I've been talking for way too long. But I want to get back into this, what Black Lives Matter, what they're demanding. And I'm going to go down the list here. There's 10 of these um, things that they're demanding. And I'm going to criticize um, each one of them. And I'll be fair in my criticism as much as I can. Again, I do have a bias because I'm not really for Black Lives Matter. But some things here I think um, should be actually... Um, Address. I think some of these things, they do have. Uh, uh, they do have. Uh, I do agree with some of them. Actually, some of them, some of them. All right. So I'll, I'll get into it uh, one by one. There's ten line item, items, and I think it shouldn't take too long. But uh, I think that'll be a really inter- interesting uh, topic for us to talk about for the next thirty minutes. All right, guys, hold on. Commercial time. All right, I am back. I hope you're back, and uh, let's get straight into this. So number one on the Black Lives Matter demand list here is reparations. So what exactly are reparations? Well, basically, they're just some forms of payment to people who have been, they believe, have been discriminated against, which is, which is the African-Americans, the blacks. And the reparations would be for slavery. Now, here's my problem. Now, I do believe in a form of restitution, but I think I believe that any form of restitution that should have happened, it should have happened when slavery had just been abolished. Um, because those people who own, who actually abused the slaves and killed the slaves, those owners of those farms and everything, I think those people should have been forced to actually pay the reparations back then. But right now what we have is that we have, we have um, I guess, people who are, uh, who are very much generations removed from slavery. And in fact, even the apartheid that actually happened after slavery, um, the discrimination that happened after there, the people are very much gener- generations removed from that. Um, even after when slavery was, uh, was abolished, uh, America was still a very racist country. Uh, the, the blacks were still not cr- um, treated very fairly. Now, and it, and it still took a lot of work to actually get it done. And even till today, there are still pockets of slave of of um, not slavery, but of of um, of racism out there. Now you have racism on both sides. You have racism on the blacks, and I mean everyone is is capable of being racist. But we what we don't have is the system in place to actually discriminate against blacks. We don't have a government in place or a police force that says a police force that says, "Hey, there's a black person on the side of the road or a black kid. Let's go shoot them." And that's what Black Lives Matter wants to actually. They want to push that narrative that black um, that that police officers are systemically racist, and that's impossible possible because every single police precinct um, they're basically not or police force out there or office uh, they're not they're not there's no system that links them all together, so they can't be they don't if they don't if they all don't have one rule to operate from even just for their safety measures there's no one rule for all police officers to be systemically racist it's basically impossible so um what do, what do the black lives matter wants they want reparations they want money from people who are not black and these are reparations paid directly toward blacks um so if you're black it doesn't matter where you're from. You could be from you could be from Jamaica. You could be from Africa. You could take some. You could be from Africa, fly to America, and your ancestors would have not suffered through slavery through at all through America, and then you get paid reparations from someone who is white or someone who has not ever held a slave. I don't think that's fair. That's just a transfer of wealth. 
How can you take money from someone, blame them for slavery when they never owned a slave, and then give it to someone who's never been enslaved? That's why I don't belong. Uh, that's why I don't believe that. Now, if you try to, I guess, argue that to you know、um, someone who believes in reparations, they will say that、um, blacks have been unfairly, you know,、um, I guess, I guess, discriminated against for many more years than the white race, and that is one hundred percent true. But just because that happened, it doesn't mean a black person has a less chance of succeeding in America.、Um, success is an independent choice. You are your own world. Here, here in America, if you want to become successful, you really just have to work hard, study hard, and make the right decisions. Now, it is a lot more difficult for some people who are black because they're raised in a ghetto. Um, they're raised without a father or a mother. A lot of a lot of them are raised by their grandmother, and to me, I think that's the bigger issue right there. And a lot of them are, you know, they they join gangs, so that's you know they're they're plagued by bad decisions. They get involved with drugs.、Um, they get pregnant when they're younger. Their their kids grow up fatherless, and this like、uh, the black community is、uh, unfortunately. I think it's a very large percentage percentage of them grew up in broken families, and the more likely you are to grow up in a broken family, the less you are, the less likely you are to succeed, because you don't have that father figure or mother figure there to tell you and guide you to make the right decisions. So that has nothing to do about their success has nothing to do about slavery. Their success has more about to do their parents not being there for them. And no amount of reparations will fix that. They, if they want to get fixed, they have to make the right decision. That's my that's my opinion. Okay, you may disagree with it.、Um, number two is no bail.、Um, so what is bail?、Um, I think a lot of you, a lot of us, we say we, we always say what is bail because we've never gone to prison before. Well, bail is just a way to guarantee oh, guarantee that criminals show up for court. That's really it is. So if you if you get rid of bail. Um, they really have no reason of showing up for court, and technically, you could actually arrest someone, slap them, slap them up into jail, and then because there's no bail, they're out the same day. And that's what happened in, in New York City, where they made these no cash bail rules, where people who had literally just, you know, shoplifted, they went into jail, they got out of jail, they don't have to show up for court because again, because there's no risk of losing any anything, right? Um, and, and and they basically robbed again, and I think one guy one guy actually robbed someone three times because of this no cash bail policy. If you don't, you know, bail is not something that is discriminatory. It's just a way, a way to enforce the law. It's a way to make sure that people show up for court. That's really all it, all it is. If you get rid of it. Then the more more than likely people aren't going to show up for court. It's almost equivalent of what happens on the border under Obama. This catch and re- release program for illegal immigrants. They come across the border and they say, "Hey, you know, show up for court on this date." Well, they have, but then they have no bail, so they don't, they've never shown up. Absolutely no, never shown up. And that's not a black thing. If you don't want to pay bail, then don't commit a crime. It's really as simple as that. You know, I've never have to worry about paying bail because I don't commit crimes. So that's all. Now, of course, the you know Black Lives Matter. Someone will say, "Well, what about people who are are who are innocent?" Well, that's a different matter. And you can always get a bail bond. 
And um, you can always get bailed out. You can always get a bond out there. And again, you'll get your money back if you just show up for court. And you should show up for court because that's just part. Of, you know, if you're innocent, show up for court, defend yourself. Because if you're if you are innocent, more than likely you're going to get let off. All right. The truth is should be on your side most of the time. All right. There are inst- instances where it's not because unfortunately justice isn't blind. There is a bias and maybe there is even racism involved with it too. So that I think, you know, should be, you know, yeah, they have to take a look at that, I think too. All right. Because there's been a lot of innocent people put into jail. Number three, they want to re- release all prostitutes from jail. So I'm not sure why this is a Black Lives Matter demand. All right. Now, prostitution is really, really bad. And a lot of times, again, the prostitutes are the victims of, uh, you know, runaways being forced into prostitution by a pimp. Um, there is a pretty good argument to say release the prostitutes from jail because if they don't sleep with their client, they get their ass kicked by their pimp. They can even get killed by the pimp. So, but here's the thing. There has to be, there has to be some form of way to, to like, the way I look at it is that there has to be some form of enforcement to say prostitution is wrong and bad, especially here in America. Now, there, there could be other ways to get rid of prostitution by saying, why don't you legalize prostitution? And that way that would get rid of the pimp. Could that be a way? I'm not sure, right? But the main thing is that we should get rid of the pimp. We should get rid of the... Um, uh, a lot of the prostitutes, again, are, you know, they have bad drug habits. They're illegal. Uh, some of them, a lot of them are illegal immigrants. A lot of them are underage. Um, and a lot of them, by the way, are utilized by people in D.C. Here in Hawaii, when um, the G20 came down here to Hawaii, all the sex workers came down here. There were so many sex workers in Waikiki. It's crazy. And apparently, um, I was there was a news, uh, I guess, a news article uh, I remember it. They said that, yeah, the sex workers just, just follow um, the G20 conventions, all of these big conventions. They'll, they'll follow them all over the place because politicians and the people who work around there, they love to use prostitutes. You know, that, that's why it's so big in D.C. All right. So that one, I think I kind of agree with. I don't think you should release all of them, but I think we should definitely look into the, how they, they prosecute prostitutions. I mean, prostitutes. I think in a way... If you arrest a prostitute, you put her in jail, it, it could be a way for her to get away from the pimp. You know, or maybe I'm stretching it a little, but they could form that neg- they could transform that negative of arresting a prostitute, getting her off the streets, you know, getting her off drugs, getting her away from the pimp and getting her into a program to get her away out of state and run away from that pimp because that pimp would, you know, they're they're stuck. You know, after that night, they're, they're still when the prostitutes, for the most part, are still actually in a jail, but they're just in prison to their pimp. So that could be an opportunity. I, I hope that's a way to spin it, you know. But um, again, I'm not sure if the the um, the jails operate that way, but I wish they would if they don't. But next topic. Uh, number four, no death penalty. Um, that That one is pretty interesting there. Um, no death penalty. I think there should be some form of capital punishment for, uh, for, 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 uh, for really bad crimes. Um, but why is this a Black Lives Matter thing? I don't know. Um, but then what do you do to those criminals who just really deserve to die? You know, really an eye for an eye. Like, 
like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer or all these really, you know, people who are cannibals and eating people and just raping a lot of people or, or, or about that woman who just cut out the baby from that, that mother. I mean, what do you do? All right. That one, I'm kind of on the fence. I can see both sides of the argument. I don't really disagree with it too much. Um, I also agree that there has to be. That's, that's a really good debate. Um, number five, um, free education. Um, here, here's one thing. When the government started subsidizing um, gov- um, student loans, that's when the price of education started just rising. So they created a college bubble. And um, college, college, when I graduated, it was expensive, but it wasn't that expensive. Now it's getting to a point where you know, you, you know, kids have to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year to get into a good college, and they graduate with maybe about close to a hundred thousand dollars, um, a hundred thousand dollars of debt, which is a mortgage on a you know an average price home in certain parts of the country, and they're the, what they major in is something stupid like gender studies. Like you can't get any job out there with a gender study you know degree. You can maybe work on campus. You can maybe be a, you know, you can maybe work for some, you know, nonprofit, but you you won't get paid enough to actually, you know, get rid of that debt. Um, I, I know some of my clients are teachers, and they got their masters, and they have so much student debt of getting it. They have, I think, close to two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, and um, that debt can't get forgiven through bankruptcy. Which you know that I don't, I don't. You know, I I think it should be able to be um you know forgiven through bankruptcy because if a business can you know again get one millions or millions of dollars billions of dollars of debt for you know forgiven why can't a student get their debt forgiven? It just makes sense. And if you had that bankruptcy, uh, I guess protection for student debt, the um the government the government would be a lot more careful in handing out loans. I mean, why are they they financing education? Um, on, I guess, for degrees that are just stupid. I mean, the majority of the degrees out there are just stupid. And then on top of that, when kids go into college, they get brainwashed. They're against capitalism. Uh, the majority of them are against capitalism. They're, they're uh, aspiring socialists. In fact, they're Leninists. They're Marxists. So they come, out, they come out hating money. And then, <laughs> you know, and now they have all this college debt. And they're paranoid and they're fearful and they're angry. Um, and they're broke. It's like, like, is it worth it? I mean, is college really, really worth it these days? I, I really don't know. I, I think you can do without college. I really do. Um, now, education. See here, number five is talking about free education. And here in America, uh, for my international viewers from all over the world, uh, um, everything from like first grade to 12th grade, that's basically free. We have free education. But once you go into college, uh, you do have community college, which is a lot cheaper. Um, but when they say free education, I'm not sure what they're talking about. Uh, I really think that if we abolish the minimum wage completely, that would be a form of free education. Uh, because say, for example, someone gets out of high school and they don't want to go to college, right? They want to work at maybe an, an automotive store or an automotive. They, they, they want to wrench. They want to wrench. They want to fix cars. Well, they have no no skill whatsoever. But what if... Say, for example, you know, they're still living at home. They have no mortgage to pay or nothing. What if the a mechanic will say, well, I'll hire you on. I'll pay you $3, but you can intern under me and you can learn how to fix a car. But I won't pay you what you're worth because you don't know anything. But they're, only pay, so, but they're getting paid, say, even $3, $1 an hour. But they're getting so much education that after four years, 
you know, they won't have a college debt, but they learn how to fix all these different cars so much to a point where that employer will say, well, I can't lose you now, so I'll pay you $25 an hour. I'll pay you $30, $50 an hour. I'll pay you anything because you're so good, I don't want you to open up for business and be my com- competition, right? You know, they, and that's the thing. That would be free education, internship to all these other companies. You know, back, back in the day when um, education, I guess when, when uh, we had a much lower minimum wage, I would actually take people in and train them you know, and pay them minimum wage. But now I can't do that because they want so much money. So I can't for $15 an hour. I mean, here in Hawaii, it's close to $13, $14, $15 an hour. I can't, I can't hire someone out who does not know not anything about about um, about any uh, wedding things? Nothing. You know, I, I I'm not going to pay them that much. For, I'm not going to pay that much for an idiot. And when you come out of high school, you're an idiot. You don't know any. You have no skills whatsoever. And uh, and, and here's the thing for me. Um, I wish they would get rid of minimum wage because if if I wanted to learn like another skill, I say I want to learn how to do metal work, right? And um, I just want to go. I'm, I'm happy going there and get just getting the opportunity. Hey, teach me how to weld. You know, I'll go out there. I'll learn for free for you. I'll work for your company for free. You teach me how to weld, so I can weld myself a smoker, right? And um, and I'll be your best handyman ever. And I'll just be right there by your side. Um, that's free education to me. Going to college, learning about getting a degree, going like I don't think that's edu- education. That's more like indoctrination. Anyway, next thing. Free healthcare. Uh, this is something that is probably close to my heart um, because I do believe that we should have a form of free healthcare in America. So um, I do believe in that uh, because there are some people out there, some people out there who just can't afford, um, especially small businesses. Um, the way insurance is going right now, it's so expensive that a lot of my friends who own small businesses, they can't afford Healthcare because that cuts in. You either have to decide: is it healthcare that I want to pay for, or is it actually uh, food on the table, or the mortgage, or something like that? Um, times can be that thin. Most entrepreneurs who I know, they're younger, they're healthy. They they decide to say, I, I don't have to pay for healthcare. I'll buy it out of co- out, out of pocket. In fact, I do the same thing. Um, there was a portion of me that actually said, Hey, you know, I don't need healthcare right now. And then because I don't want to spend five hundred dollars, the, the cost of insurance has basically got gotten out of hand, and we really have to address that. Uh, whether everyone gets one hundred percent free healthcare or, or maybe a basic minimum of something, right? That something that is covered where so so people are not they don't I guess they don't die, especially the poor, the sick, the mentally the mentally ill, especially the homeless who are mentally ill. Those people need help, right? So they should get free healthcare. Um, uh, I really want to know what they mean by free healthcare. Do they mean free healthcare for all? If they mean free healthcare for all, we just can't afford it. You know, we're, we're going to go broke because everybody will want the best healthcare. And we don't want long lines. We want the really good healthcare. We want very efficient healthcare. We want very affordable healthcare. So I think we would say free healthcare for those who are poor enough and not mentally fit to work. And then maybe affordable healthcare for everyone else. And different tiers, and I think there's a way to get to there, utilizing the free market and also, you know, the government as well. Um, there, there can be a compromise there, but I don't think free healthcare for everyone uh, that wouldn't work. Uh, okay, number seven, defund the police. 
you know, what's really funny is that when Black Lives Matter first came out and they said defund the police, uh, I and I, I said Black Lives Matter wants to defund the police. I was laughed at. I was laughed at by people online saying, no, they don't want that. They absolutely don't want that. You're stupid, Steve. You are stupid for saying that. You are a racist for saying that. And guess what? They came out there and said they want to defund the police. Immediately when, they, when Black Lives Matter said they wanted to defund the police and they were holding up the signs with it, my friends changed their tune. They said, oh, yeah, we should, we should defund the police. Immediately like that. They, they, because their allegiance is to, is to Black Lives Matter, they said they, they completely changed their opinion overnight without even looking at it. You know, they were on my side and all of a sudden they're against it. <laughs> it's crazy. That's a typical loyalist for you, blind loyalty. You know, morals up the window. It's whatever Black Lives Matter says is right. Right? So a minute before they were first, they were saying that's ludicrous. They don't believe it. Then they say they do believe it. Okay, we're for it. Anyway, why shouldn't we defund it? Well, <laughs> pretty obvious, right? In fact, in those, in those areas, those ghettos, where there's a lot of crime, a lot of gang violence, right? A lot of uh, domestic abuse and everything like that, they should have more police in there. And, and if, unfortunately, it is those black neighborhoods. The black neighborhoods, which have a lot more gang violence, a lot, a lot of the Mexican neighborhoods up there, which have a lot more gang violence, it's really the gang violence that we have to really focus on. And that's where you need a very strong police presence because, you know, it's sad. You, you, over there, you hear about drive-by shootings. There's more people, you know, when they talk about people who die from gun violence, most of that happens in these ghetto areas where, from gang violence. It's not from regular people owning guns. It's gangs. It's criminal gang, organized, organized crime, you know, that is driving the gun violence in, in America. If you walk on the street, you don't worry about a card-carrying NRA person killing you. You don't worry about that. You worry if you walk into a place like in Long Beach, right, you worry about getting shot in certain areas of Long Beach by a drive-by, you know, it has nothing to do with the NRA or these people who shoot for a living. Or They're not going to shoot humans for the most part. I would tell you about 99.99999% they're not going to go hunting for humans. But the gang violence, the gangs, they go hunting for humans. You know, and that war never stops. And it all, and anyway, you need the police presence there. You do. You have to crack down on it. If you defund the police, it's only going to hurt the people who suffer from gang violence. And if you defund the police, who will, who will actually own the streets now? The gangs will. All right. Cut the military budget. Well, I always believe that here's, here's a you know, two-edged sword. I really believe that the military budget should operate as lean as possible. It should be strong. But it should be lean as possible. There is a military industrial complex out there. You know, a lot of people, a lot of times we, you know, we have gone to wars that which, which we didn't have to, which were pushed by military lobbyists. Um, you know, Republicans, Democrats, both the same. The only time we, when we were not in a war was with Donald Trump. That's the truth. Obama led us into a lot of wars. He was part of that military industrial complex. Biden was also part of that. Biden believes we should get back to that. We should get back into wars. He even said that during the debates. He said we have to believe, we have to get back to where we were, 
with the military, you know, get back into policing the world, being the voice of the world. We don't need to do that. We don't need, we don't need to build nations. So in that case, we should cut the military budget in certain ways. Why are we deployed across all the entire world trying to police the world? Now, do they mean that when they say cut the military budget? I think they mean to, 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 to basically get rid of the military, I think. Okay, so I really want to know what they mean about that. But cutting the military budget or being more, being more responsible with it, I'm for that. And let's go back to number seven, defund the police. I don't really want the police to be defunded. I want more money to go into training. I want more money to go into being more selective with cops because cops, like any other business, any other business or institution out there, there are bad cops out there. Or not every single cop is a good cop. There's bad cops. And there has to be money to make sure we police those cops good. We got to get the bad cops out of there. Are there racist cops out there? I bet there are. We need to get them out. But they're not all racist and they're not all bad. It's pretty much like how, you know, we always make a joke that all the Catholic priests are all pedophiles, right? There are pedophiles who are Catholic priests, right? But not all of them are. The majority are not. You know, all those teachers that sleep with their students, they all don't do that, right? It's only the very pretty ones that actually get all the, all the news, right? It's never the ugly ones, right? But all those pretty, you know, very, very few of those, of those uh, pretty teachers are pedophiles or sexual predators, right? So we can't say that, right? And there are, like, it's the same thing. Not all cops are actually bad. Very small amount are, very small amount are bad. Okay. Number nine, redistribute the wealth. I don't believe in redistributing wealth. I believe in you earning your wealth. And just because one person makes more money, it doesn't mean they're taking away from me. I, I make what I basically deserve. If I feel I need to get paid more, then I will raise my prices. And that's why I'm an entrepreneur. Now, if I go out there and people don't you know, like the, what, I have, what I have to offer, you know, then I go somewhere else. It's really as simple as that. But to redistribute the wealth, that's not right. So when I, when I become more successful, it doesn't mean I'm taking away from someone else. Uh, wealth is not a pie. It's not like a pizza pie where someone will eat four pieces and then you have less left they, because someone ate more of their fair share, right? It's not like that. Wealth is basically determined on your skills. The more skills you have, the more wealth you have. And a lot of luck, you know, a lot about luck being in the right place at the right time, that has to do with it, being smart, making the right decisions. But again, it's all about, it all comes down to skill and luck. You just have to know a lot more and know your value. Just really know your value. You know, you know um, be smart, get out there. It doesn't matter about your skin color. It really, really doesn't. You, know, you may encounter... You know, people who don't want to hire out someone because of your skin color. You may encounter someone you won't want to hire, hire you out because of your sex. But then you just have to make do and work around those assholes. You, you really do. Because you will always find assholes who will not want to work with you for, for any number of reasons. They may just not like the way you talk. They may, or you yourself may be a butthead and they don't want to work with a butthead, right? <laughs> okay. So anyway... You redistribute wealth, 100% do not agree with that. Um, uh, number 10, publicly finance campaigns. 
This is pretty interesting because um, there's way too much money in politics right now. There has to be some type of campaign reform. I'm kind of um, I'm kind of for this in a way because uh, this isn't too bad of an idea. Because if imagine if imagine if there was a cap on on um, campaign funds, right? Then you would take out basically special interests. What we had here with Joe Biden was Silicon Valley and, and special interests all behind Joe Biden. And on top of that, you had CNN and all these other media just all behind Joe Biden. Twitter, Facebook, all those things behind Joe Biden in every single which way. If we had some way to say, hey, when you run for office, you know, X amount of dollars, you only can spend X amount of dollars and you're, and everyone gets the same amount of, you know, um, airtime and all this and everything like that, then that may be actually a better idea. Um, I'm not totally against number 10, a publicly fine or something like that to get the money all the special interest money out of um, campaigning. There's way too much of it. When Donald Trump ran, uh, he didn't have all of that special um, interest money. He didn't have Twitter, Facebook, all the Silicon Valley money, all these unions and all that money, people pushing in from, for, um, for the, um, people fundraising for him in that way. It was Joe Biden. And here's the funny thing about it. Okay, so we're done with the, the, the top 10 list here. So, uh, um. Joe, the Democrats are actually the, the, the party of big business. They are the party of the wealthy. Look at all the people who support them. They're extremely wealthy people. The celebrities, the big businesses, Bill Gates, right? All these big people right there. You know, um, Jeff Bezos, all of these people. Twitter, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, right? Those, this, this is the party of the wealthy, the party of the middle class, like me, we're the part. We're the Republican Party. It switched, right? It, it completely switched. Most of the liberals are very, very wealthy people, and that that's why we don't have all of our own platforms like Twitter or any or anything where we're dependent on Amazon. And when we try to create our own Twitter, they take it down, right? They they want to um, they want to silence our free speech. So don't even think once, you know, you know, don't even think for one second that the Republicans were, are the party of the, wealth, of the wealthy. We are not. And then when you talk about the the people who are in office, they are using the office to become wealthy. You know, Donald Trump, he was already wealthy when he got there, and then he got less wealthy. The Bidens got more wealthy. Every single per, every single senator in there, for the most part, have has gotten more wealthy when they got there, including AOC including Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was nobody before he held public office. You know, these guys got rich, the liberals got rich by going into office. What can I say about that, right? Alrighty, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this show about about like Black Lives Matter and their 10 demands, why I agree with some, why I disagree with most of them. And uh, that's about it for now. So I will uh, catch you folks later. Um... I think I'll take a break this week, uh, this weekend from podcasting. Oh, I have to do my Saturday podcast. I will talk about WandaVision on Saturday. WandaVision. That was, uh, that was that new, new, um, TV series on Disney Plus. I have to tell you, that's a strange series. I've never seen anything written like that before. Um, I enjoyed it. I also thought, like, I was at the cusp of not enjoying it, by the way, 
but it was really interesting. I, I think it's one of those, those shows that you may have to watch the entire series to really enjoy the full experience because it's so far out there. I've never seen, I've really never seen anything like it. So, um, and I, and I think I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. So I'll stop here. I will talk to you later, guys. I will see you on Saturday for Screenwriting Saturdays.